Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. So as we come to week three of our series, PTSD, Preparing to Spiritually Decompress, I want to begin this morning by reading one verse of scripture out of the book of Hebrews, chapter four, verse number 12. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus Christ is the spoken word of God. The Bible is the written word of God. Together, they search me. Together, they examine me. Together, they discern me. And what I must do when I come to the written word of God is I must lean heavily upon the God who knows me, who knows the deepest, darkest secrets that occupy space in my soul, and I must invite him in to bring his revelation to bear through the written word of God. There are things about me God knows I don't even know about myself. And it is through the written word of God as inspired by the spoken word of God that those things actually become clear, that God begins to dig beneath the layers of my personality, often layers of my false self, to actually get to my soul, to the true me, to the real me. So as we come to the written word of God, what we need is we need the spoken living word of God to be with us in the journey. Let me just say that when we come and when we read scripture, we do not read the Bible primarily for information. We should be reading the Bible for transformation. Listen, the goal of reading scripture is not so that I can have more knowledge about God, although that's good. The goal of reading God's word, the living written word of God, with the help of the living word of God, is so that my life can be transformed, so that I can learn how to be more loving, more like Jesus. You can actually read the Bible and not really be changed, not really be transformed. It happens all the time. It's possible to read scripture and your life remain literally unchanged. So it's not about reading the Bible, it's actually about letting the Bible read you. It's not about studying God's word, it's actually about letting God's word study you and examine your life, the thoughts and attitudes of your heart to bring them to the surface so that you in turn can respond to them in a way that honors and pleases the Lord. That is no more significant than it is in this series we're in, PTSD, preparing to spiritually decompress. Here in week number three, we are moving from managing expectations and moving from examining our motivations to the topic of maintaining harmony. That's what we're gonna talk about today. And to do it, we're going to actually focus our thoughts largely in a letter that Paul writes in a chapter of the Bible from the book of Romans. He writes his letter to Christians that were living throughout the Roman Empire. Before we actually dive into this talk here today, let me just make a couple of brief remarks. There are a couple of general ways that you can approach the scripture. You can either read the Bible and study the Bible topically, 
or you can study it textually. When you study it topically, you simply take a subject. And then you look for all of the verses in Scripture where you actually read about that particular topic from both the Old and New Testament. For instance, if you want to know about fear and you want to know what is said in the Bible about fear, there are actually about 365 verses that speak of fear that you can go to and turn to. But when you read the Bible textually, you're reading it systematically. You're reading it sequentially. You're reading it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, in a a desire to get to the deeper intent of what the author is teaching, why he's teaching what he's teaching, and what he's trying to communicate as his big ideas. Well, this morning, that's what we're going to do in a chapter of the Bible found in the book of Romans, the 14th chapter. And listen, this is such an important topic. And there's so much to communicate in this that I'm actually breaking it into two weeks. This weekend, I want to deal with the first part of the chapter. Next weekend, I want to deal with the latter part of the chapter. Those two thoughts that we're going to look at in these two talks are actually connected in one verse, and that's verse uh, Romans chapter 14, verse number 13. And here it is. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I actually said this last weekend, but it bears repeating. That word, therefore, seems like a very inconsequential word, but it's actually really quite consequential. Because whenever the word therefore is used, it actually means because of these things or as a result of this, I want you to do that. And here Paul does it in Romans chapter 14 yet again. He's actually connecting his thoughts in Romans 14 to the things that he has just talked about. And what were those things? Well, beginning in Romans chapter 12, Paul moves from the theological understanding of our faith to the practical application of our faith. What Paul does in chapter in Romans chapter 12 is he talks to us about loving well. Then Romans chapter 13, Paul moves to actually submitting ourselves to the authority of others. And then when Paul turns the corner into chapter 14, Paul actually starts talking about the big theme of maintaining harmony. And specifically what he begins to talk about is what we do when we disagree. How do we handle our disagreements? Now, let me be really honest with you this morning. There is nobody on this earth with whom I agree 100% of the time. Nobody. I may agree 50% of the time, I might agree 75% of the time. I, I might even, if we see eye to eye on most things, agree 90% of the time. But there is not one person with whom I agree 100% of the time about every single issue. All of us are uniquely created. All of us see life a little different. All of us actually experience our faith a little bit different. And I would suggest that we even experience God a little bit different because we are all uniquely created in the image of God. And so in Romans chapter 14, here's what Paul does. Paul addresses one main topic, and that topic is this. How do I maintain harmony when I disagree with you? 
And how do you maintain harmony when you disagree with me? Here's the big idea for today's talk. We can disagree without becoming disagreeable. We can disagree without becoming disagreeable. Keep in mind, we're not talking here about the fundamentals of our faith, about our salvation. That's not what Paul has in mind in Romans 14. Paul is talking in Romans 14 about matters of conscience, ways that we think about different things and ways that we have differing opinions on those different issues. Listen, in the body of Christ, if there's one thing that we should be able to celebrate in our diversity, we should be able to celebrate our diversity of opinion. That should not be a deal breaker for us in relationship. It should not be what separates us in relationship. In fact, it should give us a deeper appreciation for the uniqueness with which the body is put together. And so what Paul does in Romans chapter 14 is Paul actually builds a case for how we can maintain harmony and how we can remain in relationship even while disagreeing on certain things. Paul gives us several important admonitions. Here, here's the first. It's found in verse number one of Romans chapter 14. Paul says this, as for the one who is weak in faith, accept him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Paul here is talking about people who have differing opinions about different topics. And Paul is actually saying here that we can have different opinions and the important thing is not what we think about those things. The important thing is how we treat one another, how we love one another, how we move toward one another, even amidst the differences. So the first thing Paul actually tells us by way of admonition is this, even when I disagree, I must accept you. Even when I disagree, I must still accept you. Your difference of opinion does not make you any less a brother or a sister of mine. It does not make us any less family. That's what Paul is actually suggesting. He goes on to say in verse number two, one person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Now, when Paul here is talking about the weak person in, the, in faith, he's not talking about the strength or substance of our faith. He's talking about the maturity of our faith. He's suggesting that there are certain Christians who are strong Christians, they are more mature Christians, and others that might be thrown a little bit more easily than others. And what Paul is saying here is Paul is suggesting that there are some people that feel one way about one thing and one way or about the other thing. In verse number three, he goes on to say this. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. What Paul is specifically addressing in Romans chapter 14 
is Paul is addressing an issue that was pretty common in the church in the first century. It was what people are feeling permitted to eat and what people are feeling uncomfortable eating. There are some that felt you could eat anything. There were others that said, no, there are certain foods that are off limits as a follower of God. Now listen, that is not much of an issue in the 21st century. We're, we're not squabbling over what foods we're eating or what we're drinking. So let me reread verse number three. But let me actually put another topic in play as I read Romans chapter 14, verse three. Let not the one who wears a face covering despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who wears a face mask. What Paul is doing here is Paul is talking about two different attitudes. He, he's suggesting that the person who wears the face mask will have a tendency to look at the person who doesn't and actually disregard their feelings. He actually says it is possible to look at them and actually despise them. And then he's saying on the other flip side, the person who doesn't wear the face mask is going to be tempted to look at the person who does wear the face covering and actually pass judgment on them. And here's what Paul says, both are wrong. I mean, I want you to think about it. The person who wears the face covering actually can have a tendency to think that the person who doesn't is minimizing the risk, is simply not being a caring person, and is, is actually underreacting to the concerns of our day. They can judge them for that. On the other side, the person who doesn't wear the face covering can have a tendency to feel like those individuals who do are overreacting. They can think it's silly. They can think it's unnecessary. They can actually become a little irritated and can even begin to ridicule them and if not careful, move to a place of contempt simply because they're wearing a face covering. Here's what Paul's saying. Regardless of whether you do or whether you don't is not the issue. What is at stake here is how we feel about the person, the attitudes we entertain in our heart, and how we treat those who feel differently on the subject from us. And Paul tells us that we should not stand in judgment. We should not despise. And why? He tells us specifically why. Because God welcomes them. The person who doesn't wear the face covering chooses not to, God welcomes them. The person who does wear the face covering, God welcomes them. If God welcomes them, how can I do anything less? And that brings the second principle that we can apply to maintaining harmony. Even if I disagree, I must welcome you. I must welcome you as a brother or a sister. Paul goes on in verse number four. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Who are you to pass judgment on a servant of the Lord? Listen, we together 
form uh, the servants of God collectively. It is not my place to judge the employee of another employer. It is only the employer's right to be able to pass the judgment if they so choose on their employee. And what the Bible here is teaching is that we cannot stand in judgment because we're not the masters. We're not the Lord. Only he is. And so we must be really, really careful to, to see those who, are, who, are, who have a difference of opinion to recognize them first and foremost that they are our brother, they are our sister, they are also a fellow servant. And so even if I disagree, I must honor you as a fellow servant. That's what the Bible teaches. Paul then goes on to say in verse number five of Romans 14, one person esteems one day as better than another while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Paul shifts from food to days. And what Paul says is this, there are some people who feel like one day is more significant than another. Just like in the first century, there are those today that think that worshiping God, the Sabbath, is Saturday. There are others today that believe that the Sabbath should be held on Resurrection Sunday. The reality is what Paul is saying is this, don't squabble over what day is more significant than another. What really matters is that each day is just as special if you accept it in your own mind and you are convinced that that day is honorable to the Lord. Friends, let me say this. I believe every day can be a day of worship to God. Every day can be a Sabbath to God in some way if we treat it as special unto God. It really comes down to what our attitude is. Paul then goes on in verse number six to say, the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to the Lord. Here's what Paul is suggesting. When it comes to our differences of opinions and our disagreements, regardless of what the issue is, we must do it in honor of the Lord. In fact, three times, In verse number six, Paul uses that phrase, in honor of the Lord. What Paul is suggesting is this, that whatever you do, make sure you do it as unto God. So friends, let me just challenge you this morning with this. Whether you are running back to Grace Crossing Church for our in-person services, whether you are walking back or whether you are holding back, do it to honor God and not to make a statement. Do it to bring glory to God and not to make a statement because God knows our hearts. The other thing Paul adds to his admonition here is that we're to do it by all the while giving thanks to the Lord. The one who who chooses to wear a face covering should do it to honor the Lord, to give thanks to the Lord. The one who chooses not to wear a face covering should do it in honor of the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord. And here's why that is so important. I would suggest to us this morning that it is virtually impossible to criticize and stand in judgment of a brother or sister while you are giving thanks to God for them. You don't believe me? Just give it a try. Starting today, 
throughout this week, here's what I want you to do. Every time you feel a temptation to move into judgment and to criticize the decisions of somebody you disagree with, instead of doing that, just simply turn and give thanks to God for them. That principle alone will change everything about your life. I guarantee it. It'll change your perspective. It will change your heart. Paul gives us some final thoughts in verse 10 and verse number 12 as we close. Paul says, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Verse 12, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. At the end of it all, here is Paul's final motivation. Paul says, listen, there is a judgment seat that the Roman Empire uses that I know something about because I've stood before it. I've been a defendant in front of that seat. But there's another judgment seat that only God is worthy to sit on. And God is going to be the final judge of what we do or don't do, of our decisions, our actions, and the way that we handle maintaining harmony and, and disagreeing without becoming disagreeable. And what Paul says is this, there is a judgment seat that we will all sit before. You are not responsible to judge your, the decisions of other people. You are not responsible to judge their actions. You're not responsible to change them. What we are responsible for is to prepare ourselves that one day we too will sit and give an account of our lives, not for our brothers and sisters and what they did, but for what we did and how we handled ourselves in relationships. And so as we close, what I want you to do is invite you to join me in inviting God to examine and search the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart like we talked about in Hebrews this morning. I want to invite God together today to do what Psalm 139 says and make this this morning our prayer as we close. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Would you bow your heads, please? And would you join me in prayer this morning as I offer up this prayer for us at Grace Crossing Church? Father, we invite you to search us today. We invite you to search how we may be feeling. We invite you to search our strong opinions about matters of conscience. My prayer is that as we continue to prepare our, ourselves spiritually to decompress and resume our in-person gatherings in just a few short weeks, that you'll help us to hold before you our hearts, our thoughts, our attitudes, and most of all, help us to examine how we are going to treat a person who may feel differently than we do. May we be able to move toward them in love and honor and respect. And we pray, God, that you would search our hearts and test our anxious thoughts. 
Bring us to a place and a point, God, of trust in you, quiet trust, where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we will all stand before you one day and give an account of our lives. Help us to keep that in mind. Help us not to despise or pass judgment on those who feel differently about matters of conscience. I pray all these things in Christ's name and for his glory. Bless us throughout this week, God, as we take your word and apply it to our lives, we pray. Amen. God bless you all for being with us this morning. We'll look forward to seeing you next week for our broadcast service. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.